Our text for this morning is John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of, his, of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails in, my, in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although do the doors were shut, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. And all of God's kids said, Amen. And in this tradition we say, this is the word of the Lord. I'm out of practice because I've been preaching the contemporary for a while here. That's more loosey-goosey over there. I don't know about those sinners. We'll pray for them, right, Chris? Right on, right on. Now, we ended with that text that, that's the reason John wrote this gospel. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in His name. That's the mission statement. That's the purpose statement of this book. My sermon's not on this, but I could easily give one. It's all about believing. It's all about this. John isn't writing a historical book. He's not, he's not writing these facts down for just the heck of it, just to be stored away on some shelf somewhere. He's writing them so that we might be armed and equipped to believe that Jesus was the Christ. He is the Son of God. He's our Messiah. That's, that's sermon number one. We'll put that one away. I didn't preach on the Thomas, the Doubting Thomas sermon, because I did this text last year, and that's what I preached on. This year, I'm focusing on the, the first part, 19 through, I don't even know. I didn't write the numbers down, but around 21-ish. So, I'm going to start with an illustration that N.T. Wright 
has in his commentary. He's talking about a clock. Yeah, I think he's talking about Big Ben because he's a British guy. And he's talking about that, that, that clock. And he says, it's interesting when, they, when, the, when the two, when it becomes noon and it becomes midnight. And you hear the loud gongs all throughout London. Boom, boom, boom. And he likens the book of, of John to it starts with, in the beginning. The Word was God and the Word was with God. You remember at the beginning of the Gospel of John, it's a cosmic view. But it's the, it's the resounding gongs that it's noon. And now he comes back. And this text is the resounding gong. Everything is the same, but everything is different. It's a piece of change. I say peace because Jesus, every time he shows up, the first time, it's almost like he's a magician. He's, there's, a, it, like, there's a locked door, and he's st- all of a sudden in the middle of him, he goes, peace be with you, poof, peace be with you, poof. I think it's kind of crazy. I think it's kind of cool. I don't see any smiles on your faces, but I think it's awesome. So, the peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you, shalom alachem. Shalom Alechem. Peace be yours. I was watching TV the other day in the TV show. There was one of the characters was talking to a ballerina, and the ballerina was shooting like a, like a, a numbing agent into her foot because that's what ballerinas do. And it, they just, you know, they, they go, go, go. And that and the one character said to the other, that doesn't seem like a very healthy decision. The ballerina responded, look around. Do these people seem concerned about health? You do whatever you need to do to be good. When I was watching that, I thought of San Marino. In a lot of ways, the people around us aren't concerned with health. They're not concerned with peace. They're not concerned with being a whole person. They're concerned with being good, with beating the competitors, with being the best of their field, with getting the biggest house, with winning the fastest time, by crushing the opponent. Jesus' first words to the disciples are not a command they're a gift. Peace be yours. Peace be yours. Handing out. Handing out that which we secretly need, we secretly long for, we secretly were designed to be. We were designed to be at Shalom Alechem. We're, so, we're, we're supposed to be like that. Jesus comes and he's resurrected Lord. And he comes and he says, peace be yours. This is the only peace dispenser that has the peace to dispense. Why should we have such peace? He gives two gifts. First, quote from Dale Bruner, the single most peace-giving fact in life after 
and even undergirding the free forgiveness of sins is reality. It's truth. When Jesus gives his disciples his crucified hands and wounded side, he is saying, I want to give you the reason for peace I am speaking. A reason for peace that is deeper than a wish or words. Truth. The crucified Jesus is really alive again. The crucified Jesus is really alive again. He gives this to the disciples. He gives this to us. He says, put, my, put your hands in my, my, hand, my hands. Their holes are still there. Put your hands in my side. There's, there's, there's still a hole there. But I'm here. I conquered death. I took your sins upon me. I put, you, I put your short, shortcomings on myself and I received your punishment in your stead. And I rose again. Your sins, your flaws were nailed to that cross and buried. Jesus rose on the third day and with him brought us with him as new creations. The second thing he does, so he, he gives them truth that gives them the peace and a reason for that peace of change. And he breathes on them. That's kind of weird, I think. He gets up. I don't know what it looked like. Did he get up in their face? But it brings me back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. When you get a picture of God, the Alpha and the Omega, creating the world and kneeling down in the dirt and breathing into the dirt. <sighs> Ruach. Ruach. It's the same word as the Spirit. In Paul's work, the Spirit of Jesus is the same as the Holy Spirit. <sighs> he breathes on them, He gives them power. He gives him his spirit. He gives him the Holy Spirit. That's a reason for peace. He says, I, I, I was victorious. I, I'm, I rose again. And not only that, I'm giving you the power. In the words in Acts, he used the words dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. It's power. It's like superpower. He gives us power and he says, he breathes on us and he gives us a reason for this peace amongst the chaos. And then he gives us a, a challenge. And this has been running all the way through the Gospel of John. John has continually been saying, uh, Jesus has been continually saying all the way through the Gospel of John, it's not me, it's my Father. He keeps doing miracles and he says, nope, not me, it's my Father. It's not me, not my father. Uh, not, not, it, you know what I mean, right, Vincent? You got me. You're tracking. I like that he's awake, okay? A plus. You should get your son's Bible. Okay, I give them Bibles, by the way, so that's kind of fun. They get a cool little confirmation Bible. I get sidetracked easy. Until in John chapter 15, he turns 
And he says, I've been saying it's been all about my dad. I've been saying that because it's, this is your number one challenge. And he starts setting the stage for this text right here. And he says, remain in me as I have remained in my father. And then he kind of puts that down. We go through the whole crucifixion, resurrection narration. And then he picks it back up in this chapter. And he says, like, he says this. Then Jesus said to them again, Shalom Alechem. Just as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. It's John's great commission. And Matthew... He says, I'm going, to make, I, but I'm going to pass my power off to you, and you are going to make disciples here, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Here, John is saying, that's not how I remember it. I remember Jesus saying, as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. Back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He sent His one and only Son. According to this passage right here, Jesus is saying, for God so loved the world, He sent you and me. For God so loved the world, He sent Chris Kroll into San Marino High School. For God so loved the world that he sent John Lukes into his business place on Lake Avenue. God so loved the world, he, he sent Tina Pitts into her circle of friends. The challenge this morning is the same for everyone within the sound of my voice. If you, A, have received confirmation that Jesus died and rose again on your behalf, B, have been given the Holy Spirit to empower you to live each day in the presence of the King, then C, you are to love the world as though God is loving the world through you. For God so loved your world, Think about your supermarket. Think about the, the things you do throughout the day. What if at the beginning of every day as you walked out your, of your house, you said, who is God calling me to love in his name today? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for each and every person within the sound of my voice. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. And I pray that we would Live in your peace. And out of that peace, love people the way you love people. Use us to love this world. In Jesus' name, amen.